Hi, I'm Pastor Corey, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope this sermon can guide you along that path. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. So Jay is a good friend over the years, and as he was going to be chairing this meeting full of ministers, sometimes, believe it or not, ministers may not always be on their best behavior. Sometimes they get a little bit of rowdy, because you know in the church we can't really do that. We have to be prim and proper. And so when we get together, sometimes it gets a little crazy. You just wouldn't believe, it's not that crazy. But as Jay was going to be trying to lead us through the business that we had that day, Jay knew that things were already a little bit rowdy. And so he had this idea. He said that what he was going to do was invite us all to make as much noise as possible for a period of time. He would invite us, tell us when to start, and we'd start making as much noise as possible. And then he would give us this countdown. He'd go three, two, one, and then he'd do this, and we would be silent. And it was amazing. We, we, he got, got us started, and people are banging on the tables, stomping their feet, <clears throat> coughing and clearing your throat, you know, all those kind of things. Getting it all out. And, and you can imagine a bunch of kindergartners getting their wigglies out. That's the way us uh, clergy were as we were gathered together for that meeting that day. And in that moment, he, he got us started, and we all made our noise, and then he goes like this. And you could hear a pin drop. It was peace. It was as if this silence overtook us. And we were able to feel the presence of God in that moment. Let's do that this morning. I want to invite you in just a minute. We're going to make as much noise as possible. Clear your throat, cough. You know, you've probably got one already tickling back there. You, you can feel it already. And maybe you've got some of those wigglies from the coffee that you already drank this morning. And so you want to get it out. And so in just a moment, we're going to do that. We're going to be able to make as much noise, stomp your feet, clap your hands, hey, whatever you got to do. And then I'm going to, you, you got to be paying attention. Look up here. I'm going to do three Two, one. Now, can you imagine for those people that are at home, there might be somebody still sleeping in their house. It's okay. God will forgive you. They may not, but God will. So we're going to make as much noise, and then I'm going to go three, two, one. And when I do this, we want silence. Okay? We'll experience silence. I'm going to wait just a few seconds in that silence, and then lead us into a time of prayer. All right? So... Let's go. Make some noise, folks. Good morning, church. Happy second Sunday of Advent. <clears throat> Praise God. Hosanna. Three, two, one. Speak, Lord. For your children are listening. Calm the storms within us. Speak peace into our hearts this morning. Silence the violence within us so that we may receive what you have to say to us today. Speak, Lord, for your children are listening. We pray this in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, Amen. 
Today is the second Sunday of Advent, as, as the Strunks just reminded us in lighting the candles. And the first Sunday was just last week. And the first Sunday of Advent is the Sunday of Hope. And we are going through our, utilizing our Advent wreath as our theme for Advent this year. We're looking at each Sunday the candle that is being lit and considering that to be our theme. You probably have been reading along with our Advent devotionals that we're sharing out as each week contains a week's worth of Advent devotionals based on that week's theme. And last week was hope. And as we talked about hope, we were reminded about how we, in the season of Advent, are called to watch, wait, and anticipate. Because in Advent, we are looking back to the birth of Christ, but we're also looking towards the return of Christ. And so we, as the people of God, are called to watch, wait, and anticipate that ultimate return. And I tell you, as I read those devotions and went throughout the week and continued to reflect upon the scripture that we utilize last week. I couldn't help but think about an event that I was a part of a few years ago. I ran in a race called the Noose River Bridge Run in New Bern, North Carolina. Now, I had run this race before, but this year they had changed the course because New Bern, North Carolina is a beautiful eastern North Carolina town. It's along the waterway, the rivers. It's a beautiful, historic town. Uh, Tryon Palace, which formerly was the, the state capital uh, in New Bern there, was where the governor stayed in Tryon Palace beautiful place. And so they redesigned the course race, the race course, so that you might run by some of the most beautiful sites throughout all of Newburn. And so although I had run the race before, this was a new time on this course. And I tell you, that day it was exhausting. I was worn out and I was just ready to be done. And so as we're running the race, one of the things is as we're approaching the end, we're running along the waterway and you can see as you're coming down this hill, you can see the finish. It's a good ways down, but you can see the finish. And you know what? When you can see the finish, you know you can get there. And so I'm coming down that hill, but I'm noticing a little bit along that way that there's people in the middle of the, the raceway. And I thought, what in the world? Why are people crossing? Somebody's going to get hurt. I'm going to get hurt. I'm going to hurt them. And so I see all this commotion down in front of me. And what I realized was, although I could see the finish line, there was a detour. And so as I approached, even though I could see the finish line, it was just another block or two away. They made us turn and go several blocks up another hill and then down a block and then down and then back onto that same street where the finish line was. Hope is running even in troubling times, knowing eventually we will get to the finish. We may not know when. We may not know when Christ will return, but hope is continuing to watch, wait, and anticipate, persevering through those difficult, troubling times, knowing one day he will return. And so today we pick up with peace as the, we have lit the peace candle. And our scripture today focuses on John the Baptist, but not in the way that Matthew and Mark focus on John the Baptist. When John, uh, Matthew and Mark talk about John the Baptist, they describe what he looks like. They describe what he's wearing. They describe what he eats. And as a child, once again, I shared this last year. This is what fascinated me about John the Baptist. He wore clothing made of camel's hair. He ate locust and wild honey. I mean, as a kid, ew, gross. Even as an adult, I'm sorry, I'm not eating it. And so I was always fascinated with that. But Luke does not speak about John the Baptist in that same kind of way. Luke doesn't seem to be as concerned with what he looks like, what he, how he dresses, what he eats. Luke seems to be focused really ultimately on what he's saying, what he's doing. Luke doesn't dwell on the physical. Luke dwells on the spiritual. 
He focuses on that message of what John is saying. And so as Pastor Corey read just a few minutes ago, in verse 3 it says that he went into the region, John the Baptist went into the region around the Jordan proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. He's proclaiming this baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Now, let's just break that down a little bit, this repentance. You know the word repentance means to, to turn back, to be able to turn back. That Maybe we've gotten off course and we turn back. Repent is to turn back. Now, it's funny because sometimes when we talk about people, we may hear about somebody and say, you know what, that person has totally turned their life around. We could use the word repentance there. They have totally turned their life around. Sometimes, though, people will try to get even a little bit more detailed, and they'll say, that person has turned their life around 360 degrees. That's not a good thing. 360 degrees, if you know your math, and I did pay attention to most of the math classes, 360 degrees means you've done a full circle. You're right back where you started. Repentance is more like 180. It's turning back. Now, some of you may not be so far off course that it requires a full 180 degree turn. Some might be 90. Some might be 30. Some might be 45 degrees. But the thing is, we all fall short and miss the mark. We all go off course by one degree or another. And the thing is, even just one degree off course, the longer we stay off course, the further we are away. So John is out proclaiming this message, this baptism of repentance, turning back for the forgiveness of sins so that we might be washed, clean, made new. And Luke goes on and he says that as John's out there doing this, we know he's out there doing this, sharing in the words of the prophet Isaiah, about making things ready for the Messiah. He says, there is a voice, he, using the words from Isaiah, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. You know, I've... I've often thought about this passage of Scripture. And I've wondered if this passage of Scripture of Isaiah and then quoted here in Luke, if it doesn't include one of the most striking typos found in all of Scripture. Now, don't call me a heretic yet. Listen, bear, bear with me. Prepare the way. In some ways, I think the typo might be that that word should be repair. Repair the way. You see, our ways have been broken. We've severed the road. John is calling us to repair the way for the Lord. To make his path straight. I think about how back in 2016, Hurricane Matthew struck North Carolina. And as I was living and serving in the community around Wayne County of eastern North Carolina, Hurricane Matthew caused a great deal of flooding in our community. And one of the major effects of that, that, that flooding from that hurricane was that one of the highways, Highway 111, there was a part of it that was completely washed out. I mean, there was no road there anymore. And because this major road was washed out completely, what happened was an entire community had to live differently. They had to drive differently. 
They had to shop in different places because the road was broken. There was no way across except for going all the way around. You know what? In our lives, sometimes either things happen to us like a hurricane or bad decisions that we ourselves have made. And what happens is our road, our way gets washed out. We begin to have to live differently. We begin to get used to living differently. We begin to get used to the noise and the violence within our spirit, within our soul. And John is here crying out for us to repair that way, to quiet the noise, to find that peace. And we cannot find peace until we make the way for the Lord. Until we repent, (laughs) turn back, come back to Him. Until we figure out what the noise is within our lives that is creating this separation, that has caused this division. See, Jesus is coming to make all things right. But our part is we've got to turn back and be ready to receive that. Our part is to come back and to repair the way for the Lord. And if we're looking for that peace... I think that peace that he's calling us to, we won't find it until we really are ready to turn back. I know in my life, part of my life experience is that that, that experiencing all the noise of running from God. Growing up, the son of a United Methodist pastor, I never wanted to be a minister It was the last thing in the world that I wanted to do. And just this very week, I had an opportunity with Kay Matlock, uh, one of our members here at the church. A lot of Thursday afternoons, Kay and I will go out and visit some of the homebound and shut-ins. And on Thursday, she and I got in the car and we rode and we went to visit someone. And in that experience, riding together, Kay asked me a little bit about my call to ministry. And I had the chance to tell her, you know what? I never wanted to be a pastor. I never wanted to do that. And in not wanting to do that, I was running from God for me personally. I would turn every which way I could away so that I wouldn't have to listen to hear that. I would allow all the other voices of the world around me, all the voices within my head saying, you're not good enough. You're not a good enough person. You don't know God enough. You don't know the Bible enough. You're not holy enough. And I would listen to all these other voices. And it was not until finally... I heard the voice of God say, peace. Peace. And I was able to repent. I was able to say, God, I'm tired of all the noise. I'm tired of all the violence within my life. I'm tired of running. I'm ready to make way for you. I had to turn back. Folks, For some of us, we live a life that is filled with so much chaos. We live a life that is filled with so much disturbance. We live a life that is filled with so many storms. Sometimes those storms are brought on by the actions and decisions that we ourselves have made. Sometimes those storms are created by the violence and injustice that has been brought against us. But the thing is, the only way that we can truly find peace is by making the way for God. Making the way for our Savior who comes to speak peace into our storms. And just as this morning, we experienced that moment of peace. Today, when we're ready, God can come and speak peace and calm the storms within us. 
God can come today. Today we share in the sacrament of Holy Communion. We have that opportunity to embrace that peace that he brings. In Holy Communion, we are reminded of how God makes us one. One with each other, but more importantly, one with him. And in that relationship of being made one with God, we then fully can live into being one with each other. And we can make a way so that others can find their way. That's what we live out. We live out what it means to help people find their place in God's story, to help them find their way. So today, may you find peace. May we silence those storms and we turn back to God. Let us pray. King of heaven, come down. Bring that peace that we so long and seek. Lord, whether it's by decisions we've made or things that have happened, we found our lives filled with so much chaos and turmoil. And yet you are the prince of peace. So Lord, help us to make the way. Help us to make the way straight for you. Help us to repair that which has been broken. Lord, we turn. We turn to you to receive that peace. So today, may we embrace the gift of that peace that comes from you. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.